Thank you, worship team. Man, told you last week, and I say it again this week, they just don't take a day off. They don't take a Sunday off. They go all in, and they, and they create an atmosphere where God can move, and, and I just so appreciate them, and I appreciate your heart for worship, and uh, does my heart good as your pastor to have to stand up here and decide every Sunday, should I preach now, or should I just get out of the way? And it seems like every week, God, God gets to make that decision. And, uh, and so we do our best to be obedient and um, just really, uh, really excited about what God's doing here in you guys. Proud of, proud of all of you. Proud of your stories and proud of who you are. Amen? Just blessed to be your pastor. Today we're, we're uh, picking up part two of the At the Core series. And so basically, we're talking about five things that are at the core of the things that we do here at Fusion Church. Um, five principles, five values that are just of the utmost importance to us. Now, understand there are more. There are more. There are so many things that are important to the heart of God. Amen? Um, but these are the ones that the Lord has just kind of kind of isolated for me and, and, and placed on my heart. And uh, there's a whole lot more that's important. But these are the five that we're focusing on. So last week we hit number one, and we talked about seeing people give their life to Christ. And um, we talked about how I, it wasn't a message trying to win people to Jesus. It was a message trying to challenge God's people that, 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 that if Jesus's mission was to seek and save that, that which is lost, how could we ever imagine that our mission would be anything different? Amen? And so we talked about that, and we talked about it's time for the church to return to the mission. And, uh, and I, I believe that to be true. This week, we're going to talk about number two, and that's hitting our potential in ministry. This is big, amen? And, uh, and so we're going to talk about serving, and I know that you guys just super love having me challenge you to do more things. How many of you are like, you know what? I have so much time on my hands, and I'm just looking for another thing to do. Please, somebody ask me to do something. Is there anybody here who's thinking that? No, I didn't think so. We're all, can we, can we just say it? We're all busy, right? Aren't we? We're all busy. We all got things going on. And, uh, and so when you talk about serving people, uh, you know, people a lot of times don't want to hear it. And, and I know I did not plan this message to land on the day that we're doing Next Steps 45. It was just fortuitous. And, uh, and so, um, so we're going to hit hitting our potential ministry this week. Next week, basically my entire staff is going to be on vacation, which is awesome. They deserve a vacation. Amen. Uh, Reverend L is going to be bringing the word. I will be here. And, uh, and his daughter, Naomi, and son-in-law, Jimmy, will be leading worship. I promise you, it's going to be an amazing day. You want to be here for that. Amen. Um, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. First thing I want you to understand is that serving was God's idea. Amen right? If serving is God's idea, don't you think it should be important to us? Agreed? Okay, we're all on the same page. So, so in the beginning, hey Wes, can you, I forgot my water, I'm sorry, can you grab that? Thanks Dan. Stretch over here only has to take one step. Appreciate it. So in the beginning, God creates the heavens and he creates the earth, right? He speaks them out and they show up. The water's there, the the, there's, he says, let there be light. Light shows up. He says, he says all these things. He says, I'm going to form animals. Let there be birds of the air and fish of the sea. And let there be, let there be 
all manner of animals, creepy things, crawly things, things that you would set your house on fire to get rid of, right? When you think about it, it's kind of funny, like when you think about it this way, like, yeah, serving was God's idea, but also so were tarantulas. So like some of you could use that argument, you know what I mean? But, but I don't think you should. Uh, he, created, he created the animals, still got questions about some of them. Why on earth the duckbill platypus? I, we'll talk later, I guess, on that one, me and him. I just have questions. I'm glad that he invented cows because I love me some steak, right? Do you think God had beef jerky in mind when he made beef? I'm hoping he did. <clears throat> he created all these things, and then he created man, and he created a garden. He put, he put Adam and Eve in the middle of the garden. It says this in, in Genesis. I'm going to do Genesis chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. And then, and then we're going to kind of jump to verse 15 because they talk about some rivers and stuff that are important but not relevant to what we're talking about right now. So we'll just kind of jump down. It says, So the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man that he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord made every tree grow that was pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Jumping out of 15, verse 15. Then the Lord took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to do what? Tend to it and to keep it. So God created this whole entire thing. The heavens, the earth, the garden, the people. And he put man in charge of it and he said, I want you to tend to it. Now what does that mean? What that means is if there are things that need to happen in, in that garden, it's now whose responsibility to make it happen? Adam, right? If there's, if there's trees that need pruning, I'm going to guess God's garden didn't need trees to be pruned. I, I would guess that. But, but if, they, if they did, guess whose job that is? It's not a trick question. It's pretty dead on. It's, it's Adam, right? He said, I, I'm going to put you there. It's your job to keep it, to guard it, and to, and to tend to it. Amen? And understand this, that he's, he's, a, his, his, he's now in charge of doing whatever he can do to help the thing grow. And I understand this, the garden and the church are a whole lot alike. I believe that God created the church, the, 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 the body of Christ, but also the building as well. Amen? Do we agree with that? Do we agree this was what we're doing was God's idea? I don't know. I, some of you are like, yeah, I think so. Do we agree that this was God's idea? Yeah. Okay. Do churches get it wrong from time to time? Absolutely, but, but God's way of doing it, I believe this was his idea. Amen? And so God gave us, the church, to connect with others and to connect with him. And it's our job now to tend to it. So this was a gift from God to us. It's our job to tend to it. You guys, you guys are looking at me like I'm trying to sell you a used pinto. So God created all of this for us, but he also gave us charge over it that we should tend to it. My friends, I want you to understand is that we are all stewards of God's church. Amen? This is his kingdom. It's not ours. Understand this. We're not building, we're not building our kingdom. We're building his. When we serve, we're not serving. It's not that like... When I, I, there are many times I come to you and I'm like, hey, would you want to be a part of this? Understand, you're not serving me when you do that. 
Because my job is to serve you. That's, I serve God through serving you, right? But when you say yes, you're not serving me. You're serving him. You're building his kingdom. This isn't Fusion Church of Terry, right? If it ever is, I give you permission to all leave and call Discovery Plus to do a documentary because we just went south, right? This isn't my kingdom. This is his kingdom, and we are all stewards of it. Even, even if this was something that I was supposed to be building, I'm still, do you understand? No matter how long I last here at Fusion, it's still temporary. And I'm handing it off to somebody else. I'm building this to hand off to somebody else. I may know that person by now. I may not. I don't know. I don't know how long I'll be here until the plus size modeling company calls me and it's time for me to leave. <laughs> it should be any day now. Thank you. Yeah, it should have already happened. I'm a little concerned, like maybe they lost my number. But God created this thing and he gave us, all of us, this place to connect with him and to connect with others and it's our place to tend to it. Amen? Do we agree? Okay. All right. It's a good start. The problem is, is that we constantly search for loopholes. Come on, you know we do. We search for loopholes in everything, especially serving. It says this in, uh, in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. It says, as each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Here he's saying that God has uniquely gifted you and made you able to do things that not other people can do. He's uniquely strengthened you to do the things that you're doing. And I love watching it. I love watching you guys do what you're great at. Because there are things, like I love watching a good drummer. I get enamored with a good drummer, like ones that, that can, like Matt did a great job today. I, I, can, I can watch them play. It looks like they're an octopus, like they got four arms. They only got two. How's that happening? Right? I get enamored with a really good drummer. I, I, I can sit there and watch all day long. I love watching you guys do what God created you to do. And we'll talk about that near the end. The problem is, is that, man, we come up with excuses. Do you agree? Favorite one, somebody comes up to you. And ask you to serve. Not serve the pastor. Serve God in, in, in his house. And we say these words. I need to pray about it. You need to ask God if you should serve. The, understand he gave this to us to tend to it. But he also said that the greatest among us will be the what? The greatest servant. Well, let me check and see if God wants me to do stuff because I'm just not sure if God wants me to do stuff. We make excuses, man. You want to hear some of the famous ones I hear as a pastor when I try and challenge people to get involved? You ready? I didn't tell you about the steel-toed shoes this week, did I? Here we go. First one, I don't have time. False. That's False. Yep, Dwight Schrute telling us it's false. It's false. People say that all the time, but understand, you're given the same 24 hours. Everybody else is given, right? What we're really saying, it's not important enough 
for me to do it to take the time. Right? Bottom line is we do the things that are important to us. I got to tell you, I am never more creative about making excuses than when I'm trying to get myself to go to the gym. The creativity flows freely. I set my stuff out. I get it ready to go. I tell myself I'm going to get to the gym and, and I sound, I, I'm like, I can't this week. I got a bone in my arm. You know what I mean? Like it, it just, <laughs> but one of the lies that we tell ourselves is I don't have a time. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time to do that. We do. We're all given the same amount of time. It's just whatever we say yes to is a no to something else. So what's getting your yeses and what's getting your noes? Make sense? Here's the next one. I just serve in my community. Good. That's good. You should. We should. And we'll talk a little bit about that here in a minute. We should serve in our community. In fact, it says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 10, Therefore, we as opportunity, let us do good to who? All. Especially those who are the household of faith. What he's saying here is, is there's your community that needs you, there's the house of God that needs you, and they're both important. Especially the ones who are, you are serving God with. You really need to start serving there. So you should be serving in your community. You should be finding things to do. I... I I love what I'm seeing out of some of you. Derek, I'm so proud of you for what you're doing at, at, at Juvenile Detention Facility, man. So proud of you. Carissa, Carissa Cobbler, I know you hate hearing your name spoken from the stage, but I'm just, you know, everybody just look right there. See Carissa right there? I'm so No, I, I don't feel right about that. I, 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 she's going to tell her husband. Her husband heads up our safety team. He, he might stab me. She, she serves here at the church, but she also mentors children through, through the, the, the mentoring program here in our area. You're looking at the new offensive line coach for 7th and 8th grade Shelby football right here, ladies and gentlemen. Because I know that, I know, first of all, I, I, I love screaming at people. So, no, no, I, I love the game, but I also love, I don't, I don't want to just build football players, I want to build people, Right? And so that's why I've coached Little League. That's why I've, that's why I've coached football. That's, that's, I've been the, you're looking at the scariest looking PTO president you've ever seen in your life. But yes, I was a PTO president for a while at an elementary school. Yes. Why? Because serving in your community is important, but serving in the house of God is so important. Serving in your community has, has, has good benefits, Right? It, it, it is a light to the other people around you, but serving in the house has eternal benefits. Amen? So we should be. Next one. Oh, that's why we hire pastors. Pastor Miller, you've probably been told that before, haven't you? I don't need to be the one doing that. That's why we pay you, right? You've heard it before. Yeah. That right there, if, if you get challenged by one of, especially one of, one of the pastors on my team, if Pastor Dan walks up to you and says, hey, would you be interested in serving in youth or children's, and you say that's what we pay you for, I give him permission to tell you 
that he hopes you step on a Lego. He gets my full, my full permission to tell you that. Right? Of all the things I could wish on you, that one's pretty bad. Yes, oh yeah, in the dark at 3 a.m. You can, yeah, you can make your own little trails on that. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. For what reason? For the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. Our job as your pastor is not to do the work for you. It's to teach you how to minister. It's to teach you how to be the minister of the gospel too. It's to teach you how to make a, make a dent in your community. It's to teach you how to serve here. It's to not only teach you that, but it's also our job to stand there and have the biggest pom-poms we can get our hands on and be cheerleaders for you, cheering you on in everything, clapping for you, saying, I'm so proud of you. Keep moving. Keep doing it. Keep working. Keep being who you're supposed to be. That's our job. If you have the, eye, the, the mindset that the pastor should be the one doing all the, all the serving and all the working in the church, you are unbiblical in your belief. Amen? That went better than I thought it would. But then there's this one. I just want to come to church, get fed, and go home. I love this girl. <laughs> Many of you feel this way probably, but I don't think any of you would admit it out loud. <laughs> now understand, let me just say this. If, if you have served for a long time and you need a break, you should come to church, get fed, and go home. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you've been hurt by a church and you need to heal, even if it's this one, then you should have the right to reserve for yourself that you could take a break, right? If you just need to be a face in the crowd for a while, you get to do that. Amen? But you can't live your life this way. And there are people who want to live their life this way, and I'm just, if somebody would actually say that to me, I just want to come to church, get fed, and go home. Do you know what I would say? I would say, you know what? Thank you for being honest. But it makes me want to ask you this question. Are you serving God, or is God serving you? It's a very, very, very fractured clapping because some of you are not happy with what I just said. Some of you are handling your muffin, too. I get it. The cafe's really good. Are we serving God, or is God serving us? You should ask yourself that question. I've had to ask myself that question. Like, it's, it's a good question to ask yourself. Wednesday night, we were here for our Conqueror series, and you will not hear me talk about what, what goes on on Sunday morning, what goes on on Wednesday night here on Sunday morning. But there was an illustration that absolutely blew my tiny little mind that I want to tell you about. And so the illustration goes like this. There was, there was this brilliant idea that somebody wanted to start a silk industry in the United States in like the 1940s. And it had this brilliant idea. They were going to import these, 
these moths called gypsy moths from, from Asia. And they're going to bring them in. And the idea was they would mate, they would mate with the North American moths and, and they, would, they would be what would make this new, really, really cool, special silk. And they would use it. Do people still buy silk clothes anymore? What is this, the 70s? Like, too wild and crazy guys. But you know what I'm saying. Like, back then it was, it was something they wanted, right? Silk's used for a whole lot more than just clothing. So they had this great idea. They brought the gypsy moths over, and they are like, all right, go find the lady moths and make it happen. Instead, they found the trees. They started flying around the trees, and they saw the leaves, and they started eating. And they forgot all about what they were brought here for. They, were, they forgot all about their new purpose and plan. And they feasted on the North American trees. They ate the leaves. They ate the, the twigs and the branches. They, they, they destroyed tree after tree after tree. And they had to figure out why on earth are they doing this. And they, they kept trying to come up with reasons and ways to, to, uh, to, to, to get rid of them and, and, and make them stop. Because that which they were created to do and, and, and brought to do, they weren't doing. They got sidetracked because they wanted to consume something. Right? I think that's such a good picture of, of the body of Christ sometimes. That God has brought us to this place to use us for great things, but we just get so focused on consuming, we forget to contribute. Yeah, that's right. Right? Is that fair? So are we like the gypsy moth, or are we like uh, this little man right here, Isaiah? How old is he now, two? Three. He's three now. I watched him during worship. And people were at the altar, and they, man, this, I don't even want to know what's on this stage, because people snotting and all kinds of things. That's what the altar's made for, right? And he's sitting here, and he looks over, and he sees somebody just ugly Jesus crying, man. I love you, Lord. And he runs over, and he grabs, he grabs a, a, a Kleenex, and he, and he hands it to that person. And he started looking, he saw more people. And so he's running around, handing out, and you're like, hey, there's a kid on the stage. Yeah, but the kid witnessed the need, saw the need, and responded to the need. A three-year-old can do it, but why can't we? So the question we should ask ourselves, and I I want you to ask yourself this question, am I a contributor or am I a consumer? Am I someone who sees a need and responds, or am I someone who just came to consume? I just want to get fed and I just want to go home. Amen? So I would say this to the church. I guess here's what I would say as a challenge. It's time for us to rise up. Amen? Amen. One of my favorite lines from a book that I've ever heard in my life, I actually read these words, believe it or not, didn't just listen to it. It's in the book Wild at Heart. Anybody ever read, read the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge? It's a great book. First two, first two chapters put you to straight to sleep like a chokehold, man. Just. But after that, it gets really good. But the first lines of the book says, don't ask yourself what this world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive because what this world needs is people who have come alive. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that brilliant? 
Don't ask yourself what this world needs. Ask yourself what makes you come alive. And the awesome thing is, is God created us in such a way that we all are made alive by something different. There are people who are made alive by doing, like, research. That guy is not me. Brilliant. We all are made alive by something. My challenge to you is find that thing that causes you to come alive and use it to glorify God in your community and in your church. That's it. I think what happens is that so often we think that when it comes to, to being used by God in the, in, the, in the construct of his house, we think it has to be something that we don't enjoy doing. And I just don't think that's true. I just don't think that's true. It's our job to, to have our stuff together, and there are times where we just don't, as leaders, we need to do better at having our stuff together so that we can, so that we can put you in that position to do what, what you feel God has called you to do. But you shouldn't have to come here and do something you absolutely hate because you love Jesus. Agreed? If you're serving in a ministry and you're like, I absolutely hate this, then tell us so we can get you doing something you love. Like if you're serving in your kids and, and serving in kids ministry and you're like, can't stand kids, why am I here? <laughs> you don't want that person serving alongside you and, and kids, do you, Paris? But there's probably something else that you absolutely love. So let's get you in that direction in that direction. Don't ask yourself what this world needs when we respond to what we think is needed rather than what makes us come alive, we find ourselves hating what we're doing. But when we can find an opportunity for you in the middle of something that you love, that's called ownership. And we want that. We want that for you. There are some people here who, who love their favorite thing to do is work on cars. So, so why, not, why not put ourselves in a position to, to be used by God to work on people's cars? Be a blessing to them. Right? Not me. You don't want me working on your car. I don't know where all the inline specs for the rotary girders go. I don't even know. I'm like, we're missing a widget. And they're like, That's, the cars don't have widgets. Oh. Colossians 3, 23 says, And whatever you do, whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Whatever you do. Do it heartily. I always think of soup when I hear hearty. I don't know why. I do. And I always think of chicken when I hear the word tender. I don't understand. I don't know. I remember the, the, the pastor that I used to serve under, Pastor Blair, would be like, yeah, he's got such a tender heart. And I'm like, thanks, now I want wings. Appreciate that, Pastor. Whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not to the men. And not to men. So what, what he's saying here is whatever you're putting your hand to, do it with all your heart. Do it with all your might. Do it because you love God and you love to do that thing. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And if that's not where your heart is, help, we'll help you find it. Yeah. Some of you are amazing with children. Why are you not helping in kids' ministry? Paris has like three people back there that helps her in our kids' ministry. These things ought not to be so. Right? Can I, you want me to bring you up here and, and, and like point to you and tell them to come see this, this face? No? Okay. Where's Carissa? 
Never mind, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> it's time for us to fulfill what God's called us to do. It's time for us to rise up. Yeah. And uh, there's a video that kind of proclaims that. I want you to check this out. It's our time. We must rise up and no longer disparage. It's our time, church, to honor our heritage. We have a savior. He gave it all on the cross. We stand beside martyrs who counted nothing as loss. They took God's mysteries, opened them up for us. Stephen, John the Baptist, Bonhoeffer, Jan Hus. Surrounded by a cloud of witnesses above, it's now our turn to model his unending love. Our mission is one we cannot confuse, nor muddy up with some trite excuse. You say you're not well-versed, ready, or able. I think Moses even tried to use that fable. The time we have, it's now more urgent. If we should hear, well done, faithful servant. Yeah, church, it's our time. It's our time to confess the ways we're mangled, the sins and selfishness that have us entangled. Lust, greed, and pride, their path leads to the grave. Yet we return to our sins as if we're a slave. Can we survive in this putrid dead sea? I quote Paul, may it never be. So let's cast aside our individual leprosy and begin to leave a biblical legacy. There's a glorious prize awaiting to be won, and the way to win is to start to run. Let's lace them up and fight the good fight, become to the world both salt and light. Our life on earth is merely a vapor. Our chapter must move from pen to paper. So church, let's get to writing because it's our time. It's our time, church. We have what it takes to help the world from its slumber awake. To Jesus, we are his beautiful bride. Whom shall we fear with him on our side? We have each other. We are not alone. It's iron to iron in the combat zone. There's a promise of life full of adventure. As long as we give both talents and treasure, the workers are few, the harvest is plenty, with so many lives running on empty. Scores of people trying to cope. They've come to the end of their proverbial rope. Young eyes are wandering, looking for direction. Make sure we point them to his resurrection. The clock's ticking. We're on our dime. Hey, church, rise up. It's our time. One of my favorite things, pay no attention to what you see on the screen. There you go. I believe that. I believe it's our time to rise up and, and, and do it within the walls of the church, but also outside the walls of the church. There are opportunities, and we, we just have to take advantage of them. There are things that I've wanted to do here for so long, and it didn't even start here. It started years ago. Like a, an outreach that I want to do. I just have to have the right person in place to... To, to be the person who, who, who pulls the strings on this, but an outreach. Can you imagine this, that, that you guys recommend to us some single moms who need maybe their oil changed and some work done on their car. You recommend it to us. And one day we have this day where, where you know, we've got the info on their car. We've got the necessary things. They roll into our parking lot. They get out of the car. The single mom and their kids get out of the car. They walk into the building. The men of Fusion begin to work on their car. 
check their tire pressure, check their, their, their fluid levels, make sure everything's, everything's what it's supposed to be, change your oil, make sure everything's good. While that's going on, the women's ministry is, is pampering mom. While the children's ministry is, is entertaining the child, giving them, giving them a snack and, and letting, them, letting them maybe watch, what is it, uh, VeggieTales? Because you can't go wrong with VeggieTales, right? All these things going on, maybe, maybe the, you drive it down, you, they get done working on it, you drive it, and there's the youth ministry, and they wash the car. How cool would that be, right? Something I've been dreaming of for, for years, but I don't have an outreach director right now. And that's not something I can pull off by myself. So my outreach director is probably in this room right now. I have a heart for a special needs ministry. Check this out, where, where, where our children with special needs. Do you realize every, every person who's ever been lead pastor of Fusion Church has had a special needs child? Did you realize that? A child who's, went, who's had some, some physical struggles, right? How cool would it be if we have a ministry where we have people who will go into the class with that special needs kid and sit beside them so that they can be actually in the right classroom where their chronological ages, they're sitting there with them and they've got a box and they know everything there is to know about this child and all the things like my daughter, give her, give her snacks and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse and she's golden, right? That's Jilly just wants that or, or Elmo nowadays and that's getting very, very, very old. But they know what things, they know what things calm them down. They know what things trigger them so that they can be in the class while Paris teaches and they can, they can sit and listen and be a part of class, but Paris is able to minister to the whole entire group because there's someone there who's with that special needs child taking care of them and walking through it with them. But I don't have that director yet. I want to see our life groups grow. Our connection groups grow but I don't have that director yet. We're trying to hire a children's pastor. Know how hard it is to get a resume right now? We've got one. That person's going to get an interview for sure. But I, people don't want a job. Like a job, ministering to kids. And, and like, no, can't do that. That doesn't sound like something I want to do. Why do I want to do that? Because Pastor Dan, I want to put him in a position to be the creative pastor here. And, and we have all these things that we want to do. You saw Brittany Lalika's story. We want to show more of those stories. Pastor Dan did that, but he's got to be able to get away from kids ministry. He's teaching kids right now. Paris has been there every week that I can remember, almost since she's been here. I, I see her getting into this, in the, into this room rarely. But we've got people who are phenomenal with kids. Why is that the case? And maybe you're afraid. Maybe you're like, yeah, I just don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. The same God that lives inside Paris Lacella lives inside you. You just got to step out. And when you step out, something amazing happens. Something mind-blowing happens. It's my favorite thing to watch as a pastor. I call it the beautiful collision. You probably even heard me say these words before. The beautiful collision. What is the beautiful collision? It is when who you are and who God's called you to be collide. It's one of my favorite things in the world to watch you come alive in that moment where that thing that you've always been called to do, you just didn't know it was there. That thing that you were born to do, you finally start doing it and the light bulb comes on. It's my favorite thing in the world to watch as a pastor next to watching somebody give their life to Jesus. It's absolutely amazing. 
And, and you see it over and over in Scripture, that moment where, where Abraham, Abraham became the father of many nations. Noah was, was obedient to God and rescued this world. Esther was obedient to God and became queen. And it's happening here as well. Where's my boy, Sammy? Sammy, I'm so dang proud of you. Watching you in youth with those kids, amazing. I remember you before God really got his hooks in there, man. And who you are now, completely different. Proud of you, man. And you're somebody that I'm proud that my son gets to go in there and you get to, get to stuff him while he's trying to dunk a basketball and stand there and laugh at him while he's laying on the ground. I absolutely love watching it happen. He's planning the games that Pastor Dan runs on, on Wednesday nights, and he's doing a phenomenal job. It's one of my favorite things to do is watch people, the people of God, come alive. Dustin Powers, man, man you were born to pray. You were there today. I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. You were praying over me when it happened. I love watching you do that. I love watching you pray. James, I love watching you pray. I love watching you teenagers when you realize, wow, this is what I was born to do. This is what God calls the church to. It happened in the Bible. It's happening now. And you've got that beautiful collision moment, but we're so focused on finding loopholes that we miss out on it. So you got to understand something. When you say no to serving, you're not, you're not telling me no because you were never telling me yes. But what you're saying is, is there was an opportunity for me to find what I was called to do and who I was called to be. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to pass on that because I don't have the time because I just serve in my community because I just want to come to church, show up, get fed, and go home. I love watching you come alive. We were, we were in, in our men's group, and, and I, I'm not going to tell you what he said, but man, it was awesome watching Mike Hirschner get up and just straight preach a message, man. I was about to take an offering up in there. It's amazing. Maybe you're like, well, yeah, but those are all like Bible people, and these are all people who've been serving the Lord for a long time. No, they're normal people that had a beautiful collision with God. That's what God wants for you too. It is time to rise up and hit your potential in ministry. In the confines of the church and outside the confines of the church. This is who God's called us to be. I could sit here and name more people. I kind of want to just go off for a while, but I, I'm really fighting the urge. Watching Linda Hoflich pray with our new friend Rebecca last week, amazing. She's called to mentor young ladies. I can see it all over her. Old ladies, too. Man. Debbie Howling, you've become an amazing elder. I'm so, I'm so thankful that you're on my team. I'm just looking at amazing people. Mary Borders, we're about to have a, a, a vacation Bible school because God gave you a vision, and you were obedient to take it to Pastor Dan, and he, and he wants to do it, too, and I think it's going to be absolutely amazing. I could go on and on and on. God's calling you by name. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be special. You just have to be willing. And whatever shortcomings you have, whatever, whatever, wherever you fall, up, fall short, guess what he does? He bridges the gap for you. 
He bridges the gap for you in your imperfectness. He molds you and makes you. And that beautiful collision happens and it's absolutely mind-blowing. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Listen, I got to let you go. We want to pray for you, man. Maybe you're here and you just don't know what that's supposed to look like. We want to pray for you. Also, I got, I'm going to have Wes standing right here. And maybe... Right over there. And, uh, and maybe you're here and you've been through Next Steps 45 and you've not yet got plugged in. I want you to come and see him and tell him where your heart is so we can get you plugged in. Here in a second, I'm going to pray for you and I'm going to walk out that door and we're going to do Next Steps 45 in that room right there. I want you to come and be a part of that because God has called us to serve. It was his idea. We got to stop trying to find loopholes and start looking for the beautiful collision and watch what God does with it. Amen? Amen. If you're here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, we want to pray with you for that too. That's the most beautiful collision of all. When you come face to face with a loving, amazing God. We want to pray for you. So I'm going to pray. And uh, you can come and see me right here if you want to make that proclamation. Did I make sense today? Okay, good. Because I started to wonder after a while. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much for each and every person in this room. We get to be a part of the body of Christ. And every part is so important. And Father, we just ask that you would pour yourself out in a mighty way, that you would work in our lives from the inside out. And Lord, I pray for my friends that we would stop making excuses, stop looking for loopholes, and have that moment where we have the beautiful collision. That we would stop saying, what does this world need, but rather, what makes me come alive? And we can come alive in that moment and be used by you. We love you and we praise you. We ask you to move in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship God. If you need prayer, the altars are open.